Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Jobs Not Finished podcast. Uh, my guest this week is someone who is extremely supportive and always shows love to the podcast. And they're on and doing great things. Uh, we actually had them scheduled prior to the little hiatus I took. So I appreciate them for being so open to coming back on, even though this was kind of like a reschedule. So thank you so much, Angelique Saunders. I hope you're doing well. And you. how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Shazad. I'm really excited. So this is awesome. <laughs> no, that's great. I love it when people are excited. Um, we spoke earlier on how kind of like, you know, we, we did go to the same high school, and this yes. does, I'm getting a lot of people on that went to the high school, so it seems like a high school <laughs> reunion over here. But um, do you ever think back to that time, kind of like our, our time? It is kind of like bittersweet, because I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're in high school, and you're like, I can't wait to be an adult, like I want to do this, I want to go to college. And then I'm like, oh my God, I miss high school, no responsibilities, no bills, like <laughs> no adulting, like I miss that time. But yeah, um, I think we had a good time in high school. So. Yeah, no, I think back to it too sometimes, and I still, especially because we're still, I'm still kind of in the area, so I drive by it like, right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, this place. And it looks so different now. It's like a yeah. totally new. Have you been back? Like I inside? haven't been inside. I passed it. I know they like have some additions now. It looks so different, but I haven't been inside. You you ended up going on to university and majoring in public administration. Which congratulations on yes, graduating. Thank you. Uh, is that something that you were doing back then, or something that interested you back then as well? No, actually, okay. Um, it's a little embarrassing, but I was definitely one of those college students that changed their major like five times. So oh, wow. I started off with sociology. Um, I think I went to psychology. I was a business major, and then I moved on to public administration. Um, I always knew that I wanted to like work in the public se- sector, um, nonprofit specifically. And then I knew that I wanted to help like the underdogs. So like if it was mentally impaired, physically impaired, people that needed help, older people, whatever. Um, but I never even heard of public administration. So I wow. sat down with my advisor as I was a business major. And I'm like, I don't think I want to do this. I don't <laughs> think I'm in the right field. Like I was literally like breaking down his office. So I'm like, I'm wake- wasting my time. Like I don't oh, wow. know what to do. And he's like, um, okay, I'm going to set you up with a meeting with somebody. So he set me up with a meeting with somebody that's in the fields. And I'm like, listen, like, I want to get into public policy. Like, I'm interested in the policy making, but I also want to help people. So like, can you guide me? And she's like, yes, public administration is perfect for you. Um, political terms, um, it's basically implementing government policy. But, um, you know, in simpler terms, you're really helping communities. Um, by enforcing public policies, you're trying to, you know, betterment your community. So, yeah. And so you you touched on this a little bit, and I'm curious. You said you were a business major, and it wasn't for you. Kind of what made you get to that conclusion? Yeah, I didn't want my major to be so focused on like the business part of it. Like I, you know, I felt like okay, like I have this background, but when do I help people? You know, like where does that kind of like personal side come in? I didn't really see that in business. So, you know, I kind of wanted to move on to something that I could also have the business side, but also like the more impersonal side where I'm actually, you know, interacting with people. Yeah, I get that a lot. I didn't like, uh, I mentioned this earlier in an earlier episode that I was also working closely with business students and I didn't like kind of how that vibe was either, even though I kind of went in like a stepbrother route for business with human resources. But yeah, and then you, you were also, congratulations, you got into your graduate school, and you're going into graduate school for health administration. Yes. 
And first of all, I would love to know how your experience has been going with grad school, especially through COVID and Oh my goodness, it has been an experience. Um, so I actually had a job, um, I think my junior year in my undergrad studies at a doctor's office. I never even thought about working in health before. Um, and I got the job, I was extremely nervous. It was something totally new. And I started and I'm like, oh my God, like I kind of like this, like this might be for me. And I was already half, more than halfway through my undergrad studies. So I'm like, it's too late to change now. So I'm like, I'm oh, gonna wow. stick with public administration and it aligned perfectly. And I'm like, great, like I'll get my master's and I'll you know, do health administration. Um, but with COVID, I started my studies in January of 2020. I was literally in person classes for three months and then we transitioned to all virtual. And oh, wow. it was like, overwhelming like I felt like I was teaching myself um my colleagues they had experience in health um I've even had some doctors in some of my classes oh, wow. that wanted to transition out of the clinical side to the non-clinical so I felt like everybody knew what they were doing except for me and I was just <laughs> like oh my gosh like why did I do this um so it was a lot of studying it was a lot of research um it was a lot of talking to people talking to my colleagues um the first semester was hard, um, but I got used to it, and yeah. In terms of bu public administration or health administration, if someone is kind of going into undergrad or deciding to go back to school right now, uh, kind of pondering that field, who would you say it's for, and kind of what benefits would they kind of get from studying out of that? Yeah, um, I would say people going into that field need to have patience because you're dealing with doctors who are moving super fast. Like you have to be prepared. Um, and you're dealing with sick people and they are irritable, they are not happy, and they want what they want and they want it when they want it. <laughs> so you're moving on their pace. Um, you need to be empathetic. So, you know, you have to wanna actually serve people. Um, and then I would say you need to have interpersonal and communication skills. If you don't know how to communicate effectively in that field, you will crash, you will burn out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would honestly say that for me, hands-on experience is the best experience. So if you can get into the field, do an internship, a volunteer position, test it out, see if it's something that you like, and then go from there. Um, don't just go straight in because you might hate it. And yeah. if you hate it and you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money because, you know, school is not cheap. So, yeah, um, I would take out time to do that and then do your research. You know, Google, talk to people, listen to podcasts, yeah. this one, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah, you know, like definitely talk to people in the field. That's what I did. Um, I've had, like, nurses in my family, but I've never really looked at the non-clinical side of healthcare. And so when I found health administration, I'm like, okay, this is perfect because I don't do blood. I don't like, you know, clinical things. But non-clinical is the best for me. So, yeah. And so you've been working in a hospital as well as a health information specialist. Yes. So uh, I'm curious about, was this kind of, during COVID, were you considered essential and you had to go in during kind of like the peak conditions or were you kind of yeah. like in the back office and you were allowed to work at home? No, um, I was never allowed to work from home. So wow. I was there um, throughout the pandemic. Um, thankfully, our office is close to the public. So nobody was coming in and out, but we were still going in. We were still um, dealing with patients that had COVID, and we would mail them or email them their records. Um, but it, it was a lot. It was extreme. Um, I had to deal with doctors who were, you know, their patients. They were going through a lot at the time. So, yeah, it was a lot. 
Yeah, and I'm assuming right. now that things have opened back up and you have people on both sides of the spectrum, so it's kind of maybe still difficult? It is. Um, it is. I mean, it's gotten a little better, um, but now that the COVID numbers are rising, it's kind <laughs> oh, of no. starting to get a little hectic again. Um, but yeah, I mean, in my position, I deal solely with like patients, I deal with physicians, nurses, um, and then I deal with legal um, entities, so like law firms, I deal with um, prosecutor offices, medical examiners, um, and then they'll request records on an EB basis. Um, I deal with the CDC directly, so um, of course they do patient tracking with the COVID numbers, and so we have audits that come in all the time and they're tracking and seeing how many people have COVID and how we're dealing with that. Um, and so, yeah, it, can, it made up our job 10 times worse, um, yeah. but yeah. So now you've went through your bachelor's and you're going through your master's program. So I'm assuming you have a lot of uh, knowledge in this field, but a lot of things that you can't kind of teach yourself, or I, I feel is being that personable and being that outgoing, especially how you're saying working with all these different departments, different yeah. kinds of people. How did you kind of get the hang of that? You've always been a social person, <laughs> just based on your personality, but just in general, for someone out there, uh, I know people that struggle with that and they want to go into these fields, but then they're like, I can't speak to how you said legal and all these different departments. Uh, what advice would you have for someone like that? Yeah, I mean, that's why I suggested going into a volunteer or internship position. I know it's not always easy getting a job, but try it out and see if it's for you. Um, for me, I've always been a more empathetic person, so I kind of, it comes easy for me, honestly, because I feel like I'm making a difference. I'm helping people, so it's not hard for me to talk to a person that's going through something or um, just lost their husband from COVID and they're requesting the medical record. That, that comes easy for me, but I would definitely suggest um, volunteering and then getting the hang of it. Um, even practicing, you know, yeah. like reading books. Like if you have to sit in a mirror and talk to yourself and be like, okay, like this is how I deal with this person or this is how I deal with this situation. Do that because it's not always easy. It's yeah. not. But you can't lose your patience and you can't sit here and be like, okay, well, it's life. Like you can't yeah. be like that because it'll escalate and you'll lose your job. I've yeah. seen it happen. Oh, so, wow. Oh, no. Yeah. So people would lose their cool in situations. Yeah. It is kind of like, it reminds me like, like like an ICU kind of like with so many things moving around and so many things going on and as you said like you hear from people that just lost their husband wives family it is a lot on the mental and just kind of a whole lot yeah um, and then you also have to learn how to kind of separate that like you can't go home with that it's a great point because I think a lot of people think that it's just like doctors and nurses that deal with that and because they're in the direct line of patient care but like even the back office workers so I deal with it too because. You know, I'm getting people who, okay, like I said, their husband died, and now they're calling me, boohooing on the phone, and it's like, your hospital killed my husband. I'm like, oh, oh wow. my gosh. Like, I've dealt with that so many times. And so, yeah, it's like you have to learn how to deal with it, and you have to learn how to separate that and go home and it's like, okay, decompress. I'll be okay. Yeah. Wake up and do it again. So it's well, a skill. Would you say that's kind of the most difficult part about going into this field? It is. Yeah, dealing with the different people and their situations, you literally hear some heartbreaking situations. And that's something that I, I don't think I was expecting or prepared for when I first entered my new position um, in the hospital. So I worked in a doctor's office previously, but those were like annual wellness visits. So people aren't coming in sick or you know, they're not dying or they don't have chronic illnesses that they have six months left to live. And so I had to transition out of, well people to sick people and it was like oh my gosh like oh wow 
it was it took a little bit get it, of getting used to, but got the hang of it eventually. Now, so you did your your well, you're currently doing your masters as well, and you were working, and it's COVID with you know personal lives, everything is going crazy during that time in the pandemic, uh, and you're, on top of that, you're working in a hospital. So how do you kind of manage that work and life balance? Because I I thought I was going crazy when I was going to school and it's COVID and I'm working from home and I'm like, ah, oh, it's too much to do. But now I feel, you know, I shouldn't be complaining. People are doing way more. And so how do you kind of balance that work-life balance? Um, I set my boundaries. So, you know, setting your boundaries is different for everyone. But, you know, if I've had to tell supervisors in the past, like, hey, please don't contact me on the weekend about something that can wait until Monday unless it's urgent because this is my time for myself. I don't want to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to learn how to say no, you know. Um, and then literally I have, like, my life in, like, a planner. Like, oh, wow. my dad used to do that. He literally used to walk around with the planner and be like, okay, I have to talk to this person today. I'm doing this person today. And I would look at him like, can't you just keep <laughs> that in your head? But now I literally have a planner. I have a whiteboard in my room, especially, you know, during the school semester. I'm like, okay, I have to meet with this person today. I have a conference call at this time. This assignment is due. I have to meet with this group for this. Um, so that kind of keeps me balanced um, and then focused. Um, I'm not running into issues where I'm, like, forgetting about a homework assignment at the last minute or I forget that I have a conference call at my job at this time. So, yeah, definitely that. And then doing things for yourself, doing things that, you know, can help you decompress and keep you happy and peaceful. So Now, a lot of jobs kind of that I've been in have this in the past, not any job that I'm in right now, no, no shot to any employer, <laughs> but they have like a toxic corporate culture, right, when you're working there. Is that similar when you're, I know sometimes when you work in a hospital, it could be uh, like just a local hospital, but there are big chains as well where it can become kind of corporate especially in the back office. So is yeah. it similar to that? It is, unfortunately, um, because they put the patient first, and as they should, but sometimes they put the patient first to a point where they don't even recognize the issues that the employee is having. So it's like they won't want to see the employee side, and it's like, okay, like, I get it. The patient comes first, you know. Patient care is completely important, but I do have my issues, and I wish for it to be acknowledged. Um, And so that's another reason why I wanted to get into this field, to kind of make a change in that. Um, And so I hope to keep rising. And my next position, I'm hoping to get into patient experience. Um, And so I'm actually dealing with confrontations between employees and patients and dealing with stuff like that. And not only having the patient's voice heard, but the employee's voice heard at the same time. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty admirable. And I wish you the best of luck going into that Thank field. You. It seems like uh, there is kind of a similar version in HR as well with kind of like conflict resolution. Right. Exactly. And that's a headache. I mean, no, I mean, props to everyone doing that is tough. But so you uh, you mentioned something about potentially going for a second master's. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny because I never imagined myself going to graduate school. Like in the beginning of my undergrad studies, I'm like, this is it. I'm getting my bachelor's and that's it. I'm out the door. Um, but I do want to go back for clinical studies. Um, and, you know, I, I do have a desire to open up my own um, place for, like, people with disabilities. So I think getting a second master's in clinical studies so I can actually be there in counseling um, sessions or actually counseling people, I think that'll be extremely beneficial. So it's something that I'm considering. I don't think I'm going to do it right away, maybe in like a, a year or two. Um, but it's definitely something I'm considering in the future. So 
we'll see. And one thing that potentially could be like a job opportunity for you would be be becoming a mental health counselor. Yes. And I feel like right now, rightfully so, there are there is more of an importance on mental health. I feel like across sports and personal lives, people taking it more seriously. Yeah. But in the past, it wasn't like that, right? I feel like at all. Yeah. Yeah. And there are still some people. I love. I would love to get your opinion on this. That feel like it doesn't exist. Like if you're going through mental health, nah, this is just you're making it up or. You're just scared or something like yeah. that. Like they have an excuse for that. What would you say kind of, or what's your opinion on that? Or I just love your input on that. Um, and this is no shade to anybody, but I think those are kind of surface level people where they don't really like to acknowledge their feelings or others' feelings. So they're very surface where it's like, it's life, you know, you'll be okay. Everybody goes through it. And it's like, no, it's, it's beyond life. You know, trauma is real. People go through actual things that stick with them and make them react in certain ways. And that's another reason why um, I wanted to get into um, possibly studying for my clinical and mental health because I like going deeper. Like, I like to understand why people react how they react. Like, if you get angry at something simple, I like to know why, you know, because it's not just getting angry. Like, that's like a secondary emotion. Like, there's something beneath that. So, yeah, people that think like that, I just think that they don't like acknowledging um, beyond the surface. I think most of them have certain issues that they don't want to acknowledge in themselves, and so they don't acknowledge it in other people. Yeah, that's a great point. I know somebody who their sibling is kind of going through their own mental health issues, and their family's kind of, some of it is taken seriously, but their dad isn't, so their dad's not letting them get treatment, or they're not taking it seriously. So I could imagine that is another kind of, uh, just another variable in your field as yeah. well, where you have to deal with families and then people who want care but then their families don't want to give this exactly it's also like an old school mentality um i think a lot of people that come from a certain generation were never taught to acknowledge those feelings and so now that we have a generation coming up and it's like no i'm gonna get the help that i need they're like wait like what is this it's something totally new which is understandable but you can't you know fault people for wanting to do better and wanting to improve themselves just because they weren't taught that so yeah and especially as you mentioned, that new generation, it is exciting to see like the change. I feel like it's all around, not just like in one field, but everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, seeing. I love it. I love yeah, seeing push it. Push for a four day work week, please. That's I know. my plea. That's, That's next. my plea, please. That's next. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, Angelique, you mentioned that. Well, actually, I want to ask one more question. Yes. <laughs> you, with, with, I still have nightmares sometimes. Well, nightmares is an exaggeration, but I'll, I'll have a dream where like, I didn't write this essay that was due. I have an exam coming up. Then I wake up and be like, no, I'm done with school. Like, what? I got so stressed. I'm like sweating. So like, and you're back in that realm again. Like, do you ever think like, oh man, because it can get overwhelming. Like kind of what pulls you through that? Because I know school is crazy with everything else going on. Um, Yeah, it's a lot, honestly. Like, especially with your master's. Like, I know they tried to prepare us for that in high school where they're like, you're going to go to college and your professor is not going to work with you. But I feel like my professors and my undergrad studies were pretty lenient. Like they would send me reminder emails or they would give you a second chance. If you miss an assignment, you get to graduate school and they are not like that. It's like, oh, the due date was actually February 13th. I'm going to change that to February 12th. So having it before. Like last semester, I actually had a project. Um, It was a group project. And it was for a class that I was being certified in. So it was really important. I really need to pass it. Um, and we had a group project. I think it was about like a week and a half before we were going to present. And she's like, um, I actually don't think that this topic is good enough for you guys. I want to shift that. So I'm going to give you a new topic. Oh. And we had one week 
to change everything. And it's like, and it's a lot because now um, I have a full-time job. You know, yeah. my undergrad studies, I think I was working at Panera before I got a job at a doctor's office. So it's like, it wasn't that important, but now I'm actually in my career field. So it's a lot to balance. Um, I do try to manage my time. So like, I really don't go out when I'm going to school. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like... Yeah, focus. focus on that yeah. um i do planners um and then i used to be a procrastinator i can't procrastinate anymore like if i actually look at my syllabus ahead of time so if i know that i have this paper coming up i'm working on that paper weeks before um you have to be very proactive in graduate studies and so that's something that i'm still adapting to but mm-hmm. yeah that's a great point too because i know some people try to bite off more than they can chew so it's good to know that or hear from someone going through it that it is a lot. So prepare for it. Yes. Don't think that, you know, I've done undergrad so I can do master's as well. You can probably, but it's going to take a little more. It's different. One step higher. It's different. But, uh, something else that you mentioned earlier uh, prior to our conversation on here was that I think we could relate it back to that work-life balance aspect is that you're very into gardening and you're starting yes. like a gardening blog. Is there any more information on that? How did you get into that? Um. So I think this my about 2019 um i started gardening because i was like i kind of stressed with school i was getting ready to graduate i'm like i don't have a job like i'm getting ready to graduate i'm not in my field like what am i doing um and i was under a lot of stress and so i'm like i need to find a hobby that i helps me decompress something that i enjoy and so literally i was in home depot one day and i saw a pack of seeds and i brought like five and i started gardening and from there on it was like therapeutic for me like um I really enjoy it I've grown tomatoes um radishes onions um I tried my hand at Brussels sprouts that didn't work um but I've done peppers collard greens um so yeah I I just enjoy it like it brings me peace um and from there you know I watched a lot of YouTube videos I read a lot of blogs because you don't just buy seeds and throw them in some dirt you have to do research Um, And so I kind of want to put the things that I've learned into a blog and then have it like an open forum type thing where I'm teaching someone and then they can teach me as well, especially for persons in the state of New Jersey, um, because this is not always the prime area to garden and stuff. So, yeah. So were you randomly at Home Depot and you saw seeds or did you go there thinking, you know what, I'm going to. No, so I had it in the back of my mind um, that I wanted to do it. My grandma used to have a humongous garden in her backyard um and then we have like land in north carolina and so they would use that land and they grow vegetables all the time so it's always been in the back of my mind and then when i was under that stress i'm like i'm gonna do it but i went to home depot for something else i'm like wait i see seeds here this is my (laughs) opportunity and i brought the seeds and i just started it um i did research you know because you have to have the right type of soil you have to fertilize it um it has to be the right type of weather but yeah and when you make your own, as you mentioned, like tomatoes, radishes, and stuff, you can, this is probably a dumb question, but you can like eat it. It's, it's yeah. good to go. It's good. And it, it feels good because there's no GMOs. Oh, wow. I know that this is literally yeah. from my ground, my soil. There's nothing input into it. I'm eating homegrown food. Like it's a really good feeling to go into my backyard and be like, oh, wait. I can get tomatoes from here and not the grocery <laughs> store. Like. This is probably another dumb question. I probably need that blog more than anybody. But <laughs> So if you're making your own tomatoes, right, and you you take some off and you're using them for your meal, put a, put a slice on a sandwich mm-hmm. or something, right, and you need more tomorrow, like how, how frequent is it that you can kind of grow them? 
So um, tomatoes grow in bunches. So you plant like a pack of seeds. Usually about four to five vines grow from one, that one pack of seeds. On one vine, you can get about 10 different bunches. Wow. So right there, you have 40 different bunches oh, man, that's crazy. of tomatoes. Um, once you pick them, though, that's it for the season. Um, they usually die off when it gets cold. Um, so around October, they'll start dying off. Um, you don't have to touch it. You let the vines die off, and it, it literally looks like a dead plant. You come back around March, April, and it'll start growing again by itself. So wow, no, yeah. I think I think you're onto something here. Like, <laughs> especially, you should do like a garden blog. You got to put that on YouTube as well. Like maybe a podcast. I feel like you're onto something, something here. right? Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of people because like even my dad. I didn't know this, but when they retired, they were so passionate about gardening. Like we had this lump of land in Pakistan where we're from. And me and my brother are like, oh, we'll put a basketball court on there. Maybe we'll make like a little gym there. My dad goes there, breaks it down, makes a big garden. So oh it's like, God, they're so into awesome. it. And yeah, it's like this whole, so I feel like there's a lot of people that you wouldn't even expect that are into it. And I would love to learn more too. So I think there's yeah, something there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that blog, but uh, YouTube channel as well. Coming soon. Yes, coming but, soon. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, so I know we can't cover everything uh, in kind of like a 30 minute podcast, but if there's any other advice, input, inside with the field or anything you feel like we didn't get to touch on so far that you would like to cover. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, for any, you know, incoming undergrad or even graduate student, I would say take your time. Um, don't be like me and change your major 5,000 times. Um, go is undecided. There's nothing wrong with that. Take your core classes and really consider what you want to do. Because um, if you think about it, we're literally straight up out of high school. We're kids. We're 18 and we're thrown into college. And it's like, okay, figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. It's a little intimidating. So even if you have to take a year off after high school, you know, people tend to discourage that. But I wouldn't figure out what you really want to do because like I said this is something that you're not only spending your money and time on but you're planning to do for the rest of your life um so it's important so take your time um take time for yourself figure out what you're really interested in and what you really want to do um talk to people research like I said yeah. listen to podcasts is this one <laughs> um and yeah even internships are important um I made the mistake in my undergrad studies of thinking that all I had to do was go to school and then I get a job starting salary with $55,000. Um, no extracurricular activities, no volunteers. And that was a huge mistake because, you know, I graduated, I started submitting my resumes and it's like, okay, I'm not getting any responses. Like what's going on? And it kind of discouraged me a little bit. So get involved, um, take certifications. Like right now um, I am a certified public notary. So I can notarize, I can take oaths in New Jersey. Um, I'm currently seeking um, a course to become a licensed signing agent, which is really for like real estate companies. And so you really explain the terms of contracts to people and then you certify that. So I'm doing that. Um, I'm currently becoming CPR certified. So do uh -huh. things that like match your fields that will stick out to employers that'll be like, okay, not only does she have a degree, but she's really interested in this because she has this, that, and the dirt to back it up. So yeah, get, in, get involved, um, do extra things. Don't just base all your focus on school. So, yeah. yeah, 
That's amazing, especially the point in the beginning that you made about taking your time. I feel like something that I fell into as well was kind of people watching, like, oh, this person's getting close, this person, like, exactly. I got to do something. I'm just going to something. Exactly, but, especially with social media and everything. Oh, it's, it's like, crazy. It's toxic, yeah. man. It is. It is. Like, sometimes I literally have to take a break from social media, and it's like, I'm not going to go on for a week because yeah. it can really discourage you because you see people going through this and that, and it's like, oh, my gosh. People only show the best of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see what happens in the back and the hard times, so. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until I actually took a step back and was like, you know what, I need to think, as you mentioned, think about it. What do I really want to do? Then I found my field. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. And, you know, props to you. I know sometimes probably you you are giving yourself props, but I'm going <laughs> to give it real quick because sometimes when you're just going through the motion so fast, you know, you get your bachelor's. You got your, first of all, you graduated, you got your bachelor's, you're going for your master's, you're working in a great field. You have this uh, kind of like tunnel vision on what you want to do. And not a lot of people get that in life or kind of figure that out. Yeah. So props to you. Thank and you. I wish you the best of luck moving forward. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that blog. Thank you so much for <laughs> that. And to you too with the podcast, working, everything. This is great, honestly. No, I appreciate like, that. It's awesome. But uh, the way we like to end this podcast is with kind of a random trivia question. Okay. You're not expected <laughs> to know the answer. So if you get it wrong, it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, when you once I ask the question, I'll put 20 seconds on the clock. So uh, let me know when you're ready. Are you feel like you're... Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Um, so we talked a lot about health in general, kind of like you're doing a health administration master's. Uh, you're working as a health information specialist. We talked about mental health counseling. In the SpongeBob SquarePants episode called Nasty Patty, there is a health inspector that comes in to review food. But Mr. Krabs thinks, oh, he's just coming in for free food. So they kind of put like toenail clippings in the food and like flies and stuff. Um, th- my question is, what was the reason that the health inspector ended up passing out? Oh my gosh, I might have the wrong episode, but didn't they hit him over the head with the shovel? Is that the wrong episode? <laughs> Wait, so technically, uh, maybe I can give you that because he does wake up again. <laughs> I think they hit him with a shovel again and he does pass out. But the uh, the reason that I was looking for was when he's about to take a bite of the nasty patty, uh-huh. a fly goes into his mouth. Oh my God, I remember that. And he started choking or yeah, something. <laughs> I was, I was worried you hadn't seen SpongeBob, but I'm glad you've seen it. Uh, but, that yeah. man went through hell in yeah. that episode. <laughs> Did the cops show up? <laughs> yes, it was crazy. It was crazy. If anybody hasn't seen it, I would definitely recommend. Please watch uh, it. Yeah, watch a nasty patty, but also keeping an eye out with Angelique's garden block coming yes. up and the great things she's going to be doing. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And Angelique, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank I really so appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it.